Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. It's January 27th, 2018. It's good to be with you, ladies and gentlemen. been a long, hard week for me, personally. Uh, today, I got to enjoy some uh, fellowship concerning the prophetic nature of Jeshurun. <laughs> Went over some of that today with some people. Pretty good stuff, seems like to me. Everyone seems to be a little bit on the nervous side. So, things have been getting fairly interesting, haven't they? <laughs> um, you know, just right off the bat, I hope everybody realizes that Paris is underwater because uh, uh, the river's up uh, 20 feet. It's up 20 feet above normal. So... Um, just amazing everything that's going on in the world let's get clinton right in the saddle clinton how you been doing this week and uh what's been catching your eye in the news well i guess the the best way i can describe it is uh you know as things intensify in the world uh they're going to intensify in our personal lives as well um so yeah things have intensified in my personal life as well so it's been a interesting week to say the least um and when it comes to looking at what's going on in the world, um, life is but a stage. You know, the whole thing is, is looking like it's just a play. Like everything has already been determined. They're coming out and saying that these things are determined, and we're just watching it unfold. <laughs> we're just sitting back watching it unfold. That's, that's pretty good. You know, I noticed that um, – we had some people uh, spout out about uh, U.S. currency going down um, over in Japan, I guess. Uh, they're having a little bit of trouble with what we're doing. They're saying that the foreign exchange rates are being targeted for competitive purposes. And then, you know, uh, in the same breath, I think a, a couple of days between that or maybe just 24 hours – uh, the European Central Bank come out and just come right out and said it that uh, Washington was, uh, you know, uh, just came right out and said that uh, the U.S. is targeting the European currency. They just come right out and said it. So things are looking a little bit nervous out there, boys and girls. Uh, you know. <laughs> What's been going on financially? Um, what's been going on? Uh, we can even talk about what's been going on spiritually. Now, this is just off the charts. Uh, here's the headline. Uh, just absolutely enough to blow you away, but uh, Newsweek. Catholic Church needs more exorcists due to urgent increase in demonic activity. So... For the Catholic Church to come out and say that, you know things got to be coming, you know, unwound. Things aren't 
things aren't going according to plan. Uh, so I appreciate how you put that. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what's going on there in the Catholic Church, but I'm I'm sure it's not very good if they're looking for exorcists. Uh, Brian, how was your week, and uh, what's been catching your eye in the news, bud? I'd say my week's been all right, and it's sort of kind of as usual. Quite a few different things been catching my eyes in the news this week, and as usual, the infamous uh, entertainment show goes on in Washington, D.C., or wherever our uh, diplomatic uh, people seem to be within the world. It's one stunt after another, but... You know, there's a lot of important things that are going on, and if you're fixated on American news, you're going to be left in the dark. Is that by purposeful intent? Yeah, I think so. I think there's no question about that. I mean, it's gotten to the point that I bring up the Israeli news sites first, and to be honest with you, I, I'm usually just asking my wife um, – you know what's going on in American news uh, because it's just a complete waste of time. Um, they seem to have taken this to to all new levels. I mean, we knew it was going on, Bry. There's no question it was going on for years. But now that that catchphrase has been released out into the public, I guess it's it's just no holds barred fake news, um, which is really. Good, I guess that that they just come out and and recognized it. Um, you know, sign of the times, shall we say? Well, Clinton, uh, you've got the first shot at the mic, so let's do it. What's been happening this week in the news? Well, you guys kind of started on a little bit on this uh, news broadcast, and and I, <laughs> I have to admit. I was being a little lazy this week. I, I didn't want to read all my news. I wanted to just turn on the TV and have someone explain things to me. And it was disappointing. It was, it was very disappointing. I watched one news network. They had three different commentators talk about this Mueller, Trump saying he's going to talk under oath, which we all know is not going to happen because they never talk under oath. And of course he's not going to admit anything because if, well, it doesn't make any sense. But that's all that they can talk about. They, all they can talk about is this charade. All they can talk about is this craziness that's going on with our political system. Instead of trying to talk about you know, what's really going on. Because realistically, if they go and pursue all of this with Trump, we are headed for a world of hurt. Um, not only from a political standpoint of what that is going to do to our democracy, but you don't just stop with Trump. You, you have to continue. If Mueller in his investigation, he finds something else, he has to go down that path. And that's where some people are saying that Clinton may be in trouble. Some people say Obama may be in trouble. Some people say McCain may be in trouble. Some people say that the large portion of the Senate and Congress may be in trouble. So, <laughs> yeah, if they continue down this path, we may end up with Mike Pence as president of the United States, um, Paul Ryan as vice president of the United States, and the Senate and Congress gutted of uh, people. Um, so, yeah, 
look forward to that. If you want to talk about just that in the news, then, yeah, you're welcome to. You're, you can do as much as you want to. Or you can try, I guess, reading and not being lazy and actually looking at articles and trying to figure out what's really going on up. You know, I try to be lazy, and it's very hard to do. So those of you trying to be lazy, I'm sorry, it's very hard to do. Um, now, <laughs> we talked last week about the government shutting down. And then on Monday, they reopened it, kind of. They, they reopened it for, you know, three weeks, which brings us to February 8th. And February 9th is a very interesting day, which we have talked about in previous broadcasts. And it's just interesting how dates keep popping up and things keep lining up the way that they are. And with this government shutdown, so we have three weeks and we have to do this again. So what's going to happen is people aren't going to be as riled up as they were. They're not going to think much is going to go on. And they're going to think that, well, they're just going to get fixed over the weekend again. Well, we'll see. All we know right now is Donald Trump is asking for $817 billion for the military, another $200 billion for infrastructure to help with roads and stuff like that. So right there, we're just at a trillion, and that's just two projects. A trillion dollars, two projects, and we have a man that's president of the United States that loves to spend money. So, yeah, they're going to increase the debt ceiling, if not get rid of it, and they're going to have to just <laughs> print money. I mean, that's, that's the only way they're going to be able to do anything, and that's if they can come to an agreement. You know, they, they want to talk about – DACA. They want to talk about the wall. And, and Trump even came out saying, hey, you know, I will give you, you know, a wave to make 1.5 million immigrants get in, or, you know, dreamers get into the United States and, and be citizens in the United States if you give me the, the wall. But then, you know, you have to read everything else. And that's where the laziness comes in. And you find out, well, yeah, we're going to give, you know, the dreamers the opportunity to get into the United States, but you're going to cut legal immigration. So it's, it's always a backdoor, like, you know, uh, bait and switch is the best way I can put it is I'm going to give you this. You can see to it. And then I'm going to take away this. That's just how he does business. You can see that. So of course that's not going to fly. That's not going to work. And right now we look like that there's not going to be any kind of agreement, but we have three weeks and, our Congress and Senate is wonderful. They, they can do anything because they've proven that they're happy about extending the government for three weeks. The way they were talking, they just stopped World War III by extending the government for three weeks. So if they're that proud about a tiny accomplishment, then <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to be watching this very closely. Now, when we talk about this charade, Talk about this smoking mirrors that are happening everywhere. You know, you, you see this government shutdown and the debacle that happened in the media. You see the Mueller thing and the debacle in the media where everyone's just focused on the one thing and that's all they can talk about. And you have to have all these talking heads come in to talk about one thing because that's all they want you to do is focus on one thing. And one thing that came out was the World Economic Forum. You know, they were showing Trump, oh, they were saying that no one ever, no world leader ever has been treated like a rock star or shown up to the World Economic Forum like Donald Trump. No one ever. You know, he came in with Netanyahu just acting like they run the show. And, you know, you even had 
him sitting next to to the Prime Minister of the UK in a surprise, you know, press briefing with smiles on their faces saying that they're best friends. Okay. So why is the world catering to Trump? Why is everyone making him look so good when out of the other side of their mouth they hate him? Well, there's your smoke and mirrors. Now, what I mean by this is, well, this is basically what they are saying in the World Economic Forum. And this is all I'm going to say about this because, well, this tells you exactly what you need to know. So this report that I'm going to just paraphrase out of this, out of this article here, the report finds the world has become remarkably adept at mitigating conventional risks like referring to disasters such as infrastructure failures or airline collisions, and we are less competent when it comes to dealing with complex risks in the interconnected system that underpin our world, such as organizations, economies, societies, and the environment. The World Economic Forum warns that these complex systems will not gradually decay. Instead, they tend to suffer runaway collapse and rapidly transition to less desirable states, such as a collapse of unexploited fisheries, which can't recover past a certain threshold. This threshold has intensified, the report states, as no international consensus on how to address the vulnerabilities of these systems has emerged among the world's major powers. So basically what they came out of this whole charade of the World Economic Forum posting Trump as this awesome guy, Rockstar status. He's amazing. Netanyahu and him are just running the whole forum. And they came out and said, well, no one could come up with an answer. No one has an answer of what to do with this runaway collapse that we are starting to see. That's what the world leaders, the, the greatest minds in our world, that's what their consensus is. So, yeah, we're good. We're in great shape. You know, our government's running for another three weeks. Uh, the World Economic Forum says that we're getting close to a runaway collapse that they have no answer for. And what do we have next week? Oh, we have the Fed Chairman Jenny Yellen stepping down and her replacement, Jerome Powell, stepping in. Now, the only difference between Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell is Janet Yellen believes in regulations of the banks and Jerome Powell does not. That's it. And we know based off of the tax plan, how these corporations had billions of dollars, trillions of dollars overseas that they needed to get into the United States. So that tax plan passed. That money is going to be coming in. But they also want the banks to be deregulated, the insurance companies to be deregulated so they can get to their reserves. Because these companies, they have to have a certain amount of money in their reserves to handle any kind of losses. And they believe that the amount that they have that they have to set aside hampers their ability to do business internationally because other countries don't have to have as much money. Well, that money is there to satisfy risk. If you have a worry that your investment is going to go down, you have money in the bank to cover your loss. That's basically what that concept is. So what they want to do is they want to get rid of the money that covers their loss so that they can buy more stuff because that's what this whole economy is running into is corporations, banks, insurance companies, all those entities that have lots of money, they want to buy everything. That's, that's what this is. And if you don't want to see it, well, you know, Matthew mentioned it earlier. 
the dollar is dropping. It's losing value to the point that in 2017, it dropped nearly 10% in value based off other currencies. This is the worst annual performance since 2003, and that's directly after 9-11. So that's kind of what the duplication is happening at this point, is the dollar is losing value to the point that we are almost in the same status of when the greatest attack against the United States happened, and our market tanked and took a while to recover until the housing bubble happened. That is what is happening to the dollar. We just brought in tons of dollars from overseas into the United States, which is going to cause the dollar to lose value more. If they deregulate the banks, they allow that cash to come out of the banks, which is going to bring more money into the system, which devalues the dollar more. That should increase your investments, right? That should increase the stock value. We've seen the stock market go up, but here's the, here's the key. Here's the trick. This is what's happening this next week. And this is from Credit Suisse and also J.P. Morgan Chase. They are concerned that what's happening is all these pension funds, all these, these retirement funds, they have to have a balance within the portfolio. And they try to keep, you know, the, the average private, you know, split is basically 50% stocks, 40% bonds. That's, that's typically what a private like investment plan is. Now, the city and governments in the United States, well, they were running out of money. They were needing money, so they invested in more risk. So they invested more heavily into stocks. So more money goes into stocks, stock value goes up. Well, now their portfolio is out of whack. Now they're to the point that those cities and, and states, those pension funds, those large entities, their, their investments are 60% stocks, 25% bonds. So they're worried that they need to even that out, which means sell their stock and buy bonds. Right now, bonds are down, stocks are up. That's what you do. You buy low, sell high. I mean, that's, that's what you do. Now, here's the trick. They plan on doing this before the Fed has their policy meeting, the last day of Janet Yellen's term, which happens on the 31st of January. So they plan on selling the stock, buying these bonds before Wednesday. <laughs> so that's going to be very interesting for the markets next week when everyone's selling stocks. Now, that kind of helps that both Japan and the European Central Banks said they're going to stop buying bonds. Because, yeah, they do believe that there is a war against their currencies. They do believe that the United States is trying to make it so that the euro is struggling, that the Japanese, their currency is, is going to go and, and struggle and go down as well. Because, well, they can't compete with a weak dollar. They need a strong dollar, so that way their currency is worth less. If the U.S. dollar is worth less than their currencies, well, then people aren't going to buy their stuff because it's too expensive. So they have to devalue their currency as well. It has a, a relationship like that. So if we continue devaluing our currency, then Europe has to devalue theirs, Japan has to devalue theirs, and everyone else has to. So they aren't going to buy bonds. So now you're going to have all these pension funds, all these, in, these, these retirement funds from the state and government going into bonds. So expect the bond market to go up, expect uh, stocks to go down and buy Wednesday. 
Now, this just adds to everything that we've been seeing. Because also next week, we have major earnings reports that are going to be coming out on Thursday and Friday. We, we have um, reports that, um, you know, car sales data, manufacturing, production data are all going to be released next week as well, and also employment. Well, we've talked about in the broadcast before, and it's come out a little bit since then, that the holiday season wasn't what they advertised, that it wasn't the great sale that they anticipated, how they sold us that Christmas is going to save the markets again and save companies again because, well, we're talking about Sears is going to be in fault, like liquidate, like done. That's what they're talking about. Toys R Us just said they're, they're closing 150 stores, you know, which is ridiculous because how many jobs are associated with 150 stores? And this is before the earnings report is coming out. This is before companies actually show the world that, no, the holiday season wasn't what it was up to. That happens next week. So, yeah, if you believe that Christmas was awesome, then you can anticipate everything going up. Or you can see what everyone else is doing. And right now, they are talking about that there is a massive short. And what a short means, and this is in the currency market based off of the dollar, is they anticipate that the dollar is going to tank. And so investors are actually betting on the short, they're betting on the value of the dollar going down to the point that this net short has increased $12 billion recently. So money is flowing into betting against the dollar. So you see, you see how things are deteriorating. You see how they are falling apart in front of us. And then what do we choose to do to help our economy? We start a trade war with China. We put a tariff on solar panels and like washing machines and fridges and all the utilities, the stuff that, you know, people need to actually have the quality of life that we have. Now, the solar panels, not so much. But with this push on solar energy, if you put a massive tariff on solar panels, then you deter people from buying them which makes it to where people go and gravitate to oil and natural gas. We know that the Trump administration, that's their plan. That's their goal. Well, these solar panels are also made out of silver. We also know that China and Russia plan on revaluing both gold and silver. So if you are going to try to hurt that efforts, you put a tariff on a product that is primarily based out of silver to drop the value of it before that happens. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a strategy. It's, it's, a, it's a game. So we are putting a tariff on these goods coming in from China. And, you know, just to, to put this, I'll just kind of read this real quick. With further trade actions looming, the relationship between the United States and China looks set to deteriorate. In the coming months, Trump must decide whether to penalize steel and aluminum imports, and on Wednesday, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Russ, Russ, uh, Ross sorry, uh, made clear that the White House intends to scale up its fight over intellectual property theft. So, no, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of our economic war against China. Now, expect retaliation. Expect China to do the same thing, because Russia did the same. 
we just put additional sanctions on Russia, and Russia plans on retaliating against the United States against those sanctions. This is, this is a game that they are playing. So anything associated with what China purchases or needs, well, how is that going to affect things? And also, how is that going to affect things if China says, I'm just not going to ship you our goods? You're just not going to get anything in the United States made from China. If, it, if the game ever gets to that point, <laughs> you know, I, I remember growing up and everything on the back of it had a little sticker that said made in China. Everything. Now they don't necessarily put those stickers on everything, but I don't think it's really changed. I think everything still is made in China. So if they don't give us our goods, and I mean our because we need them, expect your quality of life to go down drastically. Because, well, that's the card they have to play. That's what they have to play in this world market, in this world economic war that we have going on. So enjoy being a pawn. That's what I would have to say. Now, that's just one thing that's kind of developing. Everyone is looking at what's going on between Turkey and the Kurds. Turkey has gone into Syria, and I think they've gone into the city of Afrin, and they plan on sweeping east and just having a massive sweep and just taking out as many Kurds as they can and killing as many as they can. And the United States has been providing weapons to the Syrian Kurds. And Turkey says, the United States, you better stop providing weapons. And the United States came out and said, okay, yeah, we'll stop giving weapons to these guys that we said we were going to back, that we backed for a long time. And, and right now they are in dire need of our help. Yeah, we'll, we'll stop giving the weapons. <laughs> Isn't that just what the United States does? Is we fund a group. We give them money. We give them weapons. And then we take it away. And then we watch them flounder and we laugh. And go, ha, 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 you shouldn't have trusted us. You shouldn't have believed in what we told you we were going to do. They're doing the same thing to the Palestinians. The same thing to Gaza. And the, the reason that I even say that is Gaza was on the verge of collapse before any of this, before any of Donald Trump saying, you know, Palestinians, either you negotiate with Israel or we're not going to give you any money. Yeah, he said that this week. And the, the problem is, is if he does not give money to the Palestinians, people are going to die. That's plain and simple. They're going to die. The, the situation in Gaza is dire. They, they have been on the verge of collapse for years. There's an article that came, out that came out in January of last year that said that they were on the verge of collapse. The only thing that is keeping Gaza alive and the people in Gaza alive right now is Israel and the funding from the United States. That's it. And the funding from the United States came, from, came down from $195 million in the first quarter of 2018 to where it's going to be dropped to 60 So a cut of $130 million in one quarter is what the United States is going to do to Palestine, a, uh, a group of people that can't even survive as is. So, great. That's a wonderful negotiating strategy, is we are going to, as Americans, as you know, endorsing our president is we are going to 
basically starve the Palestinian people until they bend to our will to sign a peace treaty with Israel. That is what they have said. That is what they did this week. Not only what they said, but what they did this week. They came out and said that. I don't know. As a, as a Christian, I have a hard time believing that starvation is a good strategy for negotiation. That putting people's lives in risk. That, and, you, and you understand what comes with starvation. Disease, famine, all that comes with starvation. So you're going to basically put the plagues. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, I remember when I was in college, and I did a study, and this was 20 years ago. I did a study on Israel and Palestine, and, and all it was was just the amount of tanks and helicopters and planes that Israel had versus the Palestinians. And what it showed to me is basically you have a tank versus a rock. That is what the war between Israel and the Palestinians is right now. A tank versus a rock. Who do you think is going to win? The tank, of course. And that's been proven. That has happened. Now you have that tank that just took away the food from the person throwing the rock and told them, hey, either you sign this piece of paper or we're going to take away your shirt too and your shoes and everything else. So, yeah, get ready for something big coming out of the Middle East. And, well, <laughs> this, is, this is why I say something big, because of the words of Donald Trump, the, the words and how cryptic he can be. As he came out and said, and Israel will pay for that. And what he means by that is the recognition of the United States towards Jerusalem. Israel will pay for that. They are going to have to do something for the United States. And he says, look, something is going to happen. They will do something that is going to be a very good thing. But they want to make peace. And I hope that the Palestinians want to make peace. And if they do, everybody is going to be happy in the end. So Trump just came out and said, well, something's going to happen. Something big is going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing when you know where to look and when they telegraph exactly what they're going to do. Now, we have talked before about what their plans are for Jerusalem. And no one knows exactly where it is, but things are lining up. And, and there's always been speculation that what they planned on doing is making Jerusalem an international city. And some people said even run by the Vatican. That's kind of what has circled for years. Netanyahu kind of gave a hint to that. And what I mean is when he's talking about taking Jerusalem off the table, he also said that all of the holy sites are going to stay with Israel, that they're, they're not willing to negotiate the holy sites. They're just not. Well, that's understandable. But he was cryptic about something. When he was talking about the holy sites, primarily, you know, the, the Dome of the Rock, the Temple Mount, he says these are going to be ensured to complete religious rites for all faiths. Our position is that Jerusalem would remain united under Israel's sovereignty with complete religious rights for those of all faiths. He also said that just because Trump came out and recognized Jerusalem as Israeli, 
that doesn't negotiate that doesn't take away the the possibility of a two state solution. It's amazing. It's amazing when they tell you what they're going to do. Later in this article, and this is straight out of the Times of Israel. Yeah, I had to read it. But Trump says that <laughs> the team he had tasked with brokering and co- converting or, or co- the coveted sorry Israeli-Palestinian peace accord led by his son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner had already solidified its peace plan. We have a proposal for peace, he said. It is a great proposal for the Palestinians, and I think it's a very good proposal for Israel. It covers a lot of things that we've covered over the last years and discussed on. So, yeah, they just told you. They already have a peace plan. They already have it put together. They already have Israel on their side, and they're going to starve the Palestinians until they sign it. And Israel is going to pay big for Donald Trump recognizing Jerusalem. What that means, we don't know. But one thing we have seen is Donald Trump is a man of his word. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. So, if you can't put two and two together to see what is happening, then put the video games down. Stop watching Fox News. Stop watching these other crazy channels that all they want to do is fill your head with junk and make you believe that Trump is the Messiah or Trump is going to you know, be God's warrior or you know, whatever else craziness we want to talk about. We are living in a time when you have to be realistic and you have to understand that people are players for a reason, to do one goal, and that is to achieve God's will, plain and simple. So, yeah, Trump has a role to play. But do you really think that if they're lying to you about everything else, that they're telling you the truth about his role? Think about that. Think about what is going on in the Middle East, what Netanyahu and Trump just said, what they are doing, how they're using starvation as a tactic. And we know that it's not just the Trump administration that uses starvation as a tactic. Look at the Saudis. Look at what they have done to Yemen. Yemen has a cholera outbreak that is unprecedented because of Saudi Arabia. That's the reason. And we are close friends with Saudi Arabia. Jared Kushner is best friends with the crown prince who is going to be the king of Saudi Arabia. And we also know Saudi Arabia went through and did their gutting of their princes, you know, going through and and making them pay billions of dollars to the point that they collected $100 billion off of these fines of the Saudi family. You know, one of their, one of their main, uh, figureheads just paid $5 billion to get out of prison yesterday. I mean, <laughs> that's a shakedown. <laughs> that's a shakedown. Look at what's going on in the United States right now with these sex scandals, with these indictments. There was even, a, I think it was a mayor in Florida that just got in, indicted for embezzling and had to leave office or something like that. It just came across the article today. But we can see this everywhere. There's shakedowns happening everywhere because, well, <laughs> If the mob boss doesn't have money, he's going to go back to the people he lent money to to get it. And if you don't have it, you're going to pay for it. That's, I've watched a lot of gangster movies, and that's what always happened. 
<laughs> and if you look at the way these leaders are going about it, it's not a diplomatic way. It's not a democratic way. It's more of a gangster way. I mean, if you truly were the leader of the free world and you truly were the one that is supposed to look out and be the leader for the world, like every president before you, even Bush Jr., then you wouldn't necessarily use starvation as a tactic of negotiation. So before I hand it back over to Matthew, I saw that article with the Catholic Church and the increase in exorcisms. (laughs) We are going to witness some crazy, crazy stuff. And the Catholic Church, this is their first real warning. Because realistically, how many exorcists are out there? How many people have the guts and the faith to do that? How many? A very small amount. And if they're begging for help right now, then this problem on the spiritual realm that they're facing is getting out of their control. And if it's getting out of their control, we are going to start seeing it. So make sure that you are right mentally. Make sure you're right spiritually because your eyes are going to show you things that you're not going to be able to believe. We're going to witness things that we're going to have a hard time understanding because it doesn't make sense if you look at it from a worldly point of view. But if you understand the time of of what it is, you understand what we are going to go through, then it makes sense. So... Be ready, everyone. Here it comes. Thank you, Matthew. You know, speaking about a boss is just a trip because just this past week I just caught the news that um, I don't know why they're starving because their leader just bought a 50 million private jet. I mean, he just, you know, just spotted 50 mil for a new private jet. Um Wow. Uh, And everybody just completely fails to realize, oh my goodness, what what is going on? The poor Palestinian people, nobody realizes that um, it's their own people doing it to them, and what they do have is what Israel has to give them. I mean, so... This has obviously been a tool for quite some time. Uh, These poor people are in the same exact position, of course, as the Druze. They're just being used as a tool. And, well, not much can be said about that. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this week... um, it came out that the doomsday clock has been set to two minutes to midnight exclusively. Well, let me not say that because half of the article is fake news. But 50% of the problem, this article says, is um, uh, Trump, I guess. Trump exclusively has the power to move the doomsday clock. But the other 50% is just fake news. It's supposed to be climate change. 
But um, it's stuff like this. Well, it's it's really garbage like this that prevents people from getting the real news. Uh, but this is the cold, simple fact of the matter that we're at the same place that we was in 1953. Nobody realizes how dangerous that was. But it's amazing that the entire world is using uh, Trump to their own advantage. Uh, whatever the agenda is, just inject Trump into whatever that agenda might be. Um But things are starting to split apart. Um, this come out this week that the homeless people in England just for 2017 rose 15% one year. But yet you look around at the news, the economic news for England, and everything's just roses. A bed of roses over there because you know the stock market's fine, and it just blows me away. You have massive amounts of fake news like this. Uh, this came out in, um, I'm sorry to say, uh, BBC, but here's the headline it's fake news. It says, Ring of Fire, volcanic and quake activity is normal, says scientist. No, uh, Let's just read the first sentence in this article, ladies and gentlemen, because no, it's not normal. Okay, here's the first sentence. Tens of thousands of people had their lives disrupted in the past week by seismic and volcanic activity along the Ring of Fire. So in the very first sentence, they proved themselves to be a liar. So you have to regulate this entire article as fake news because – you read the article, and they make it perfectly clear that there's nothing normal about it. So if you were to post this headline on the social networking sites, you'd have to copy the headline, word it correctly, and then post it. And it leaves you sitting here scratching your head. What was the purpose of releasing this news? It's it's amazing to me. I mean, this person uh, quoted in this article from New Zealand, uh, but she needs to lose her tenure. I see she is a doctor, Dr. Krittner. Okay? Um She's a New Zealand volcanologist based in the United States. Um, she needs to lose her tenure. She needs to lose her job. This is a direct quote. While the fears that volcanoes are becoming more frequent, she said the rate of eruptions had not recently increased. No, that's an abject lie. And let's just look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Find yourself a map of the tectonic plates. And you will notice that it's very hard to get a good one because a good one must center on the foundation of the earth. Do you know what that is? Well, every volcanologist knows this, that the foundation of the earth is the Pacific Plate. I mean, it only covers 
40 million square miles. I mean, it is... Uh, it, it is the... <laughs> Uh, the largest by far tectonic plate. It is the foundation of the planet. That's why they call it the Ring of Fire. But it's very difficult to get one. They don't want you to see it. Most of the maps uh, since the 90s uh, put the center of the map opposite. So they have half the Pacific plate on one side of the map and the other half on the other side so you can't see what's going on. And it's, it's just ridiculous because you got to know what you're looking for. Now, I used to be able to go out and grab my geology books and open it up to the real ones that they don't publish anymore. But uh, since my library went up in smoke, I really can't do that. But I do remember and how to look for it, so I have to target my searches. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is fake news, and it's the second one I've had to talk about it. Why is that? I mean, the information that you need is in the article, but the BBC is lying. They're purposefully misdirecting you and convincing you that uh, the 10,000 people who live in the area affected, they just must be delusional, I guess. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's look at this if we were a psychologist, shall we? Okay, so it's normal for these... 10,000 people that live in these locations, it's normal to have their lives disrupted? Ladies and gentlemen, the BBC is attempting to insult your intelligence. If it was normal for these – now look, they don't give you a number. They just use it in the tens of thousands, tens of thousands of people. You think that it's normal for their lives to be disrupted. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not that stupid. Nobody's that stupid. Of course it's not normal. I mean, it's not normal when we have an earthquake and it sets all of the well meters off in Florida. Now look, I have intimate knowledges of how wells and well pumps work because... Well, I've not only blew a bunch of wells, I've also changed the pumps in the bottom of them, generally with three-quarter pumps, okay? So I intimately know what I'm talking about. And the sensors used to alarm the homeowners uh, that their well is getting low, ladies and gentlemen, they don't trip when earthquakes go off in Alaska. Get a clue. I mean, most of you listening to this broadcast, you have already graduated from high school. You're not that stupid. That's not normal. It's not. So, uh, there's a couple of articles already that I've covered that's basically been just polluted by, well, lies. And deceptions within the articles and the headlines themselves. And I, I just, it blows me away. You, you have this Irish priest 
putting up an urgent call for backup to help with demon possession? Really? Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me just get this right. The American Christians are just like, so it's the Catholics. They're all pedophiles and they're all demonically possessed or whatever, right? Oh, that's right. I thought the last dude was supposed to be the Antichrist. No, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That was the last president. No, or was it both? I guess it really don't matter. And, and let's talk about that for a minute as far as fake news is concerned. Uh, why wasn't the doomsday clock moved ahead when the last president, uh, in the middle of the night, he ordered the Los Angeles-class attack submarines to launch 112 Tomahawk cruise missiles from below the water surface, ladies and gentlemen, into Libya? I guess that didn't alarm the – I don't know. Senate, Congress, I guess that didn't alarm anybody. Don't you realize what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen? They're expecting you all to act like you're stupid. Of course, the next morning, after that happened, of course the doomsday clock should have been moved forward. And that's just one event. That's just one single event. And ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you, but uh, uh, most of the demonic possessions that I myself have witnessed, I hate to rain on everybody's party. Most of those happened inside the church, and I watched it as one person that was supposedly one of the leaders in the church. I dare not say elder. No, no, no. I fear God. It was elders that raised me, so I'm not going to give them a bad name, but these leaders I would watch because I can see. And they would go to lay their hands on a person to pray for them, and I would watch as they would demonically attach an unclean entity to that person they were praying for. So it really is becoming difficult. For us to cover news. I mean, if you can't, if you're just sitting there watching the, uh, what's the proper name? Ah, uh, yes, boob tube. I guess it's called. It's been called that for quite a few years. If you're just sitting there watching the boob tube, uh, like Clinton described, if you're letting those people explain to you what's going on, well, guess where you're at. It's called the dark. That's where you're at. If you're actually sitting there, and I've seen this so many times. I mean, this, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's just talk about recently. I mean, I've had empl uh, fellow employees that I had to go pick up before work. And they would have the boob tube on, sitting there, and I would come in, even during the winter when it was like... Minus 30 degrees, the wind would blast, and they wouldn't even move. Just like the deer in the headlights, they were just staring at the screen. I, I'd say, hey, man, 
We gotta go to work. I'm I'm here to get your fork. Come on, let's go. <laughs> if that's what you're doing, guess what? I, I can tell you ex I can tell you your geographical location. It's the dark. You're in the dark. And you can't see that what happened to Walter Conkrite or whatever his name was? Who was the other one? Uh Dan Rather. They carried an era of – well, you could respect them, but it, it amazes me now. <laughs> I see the news, and they've got – well, ladies and gentlemen, th those are models up there. I don't trust a model to tell me even what the weather is. I mean when I can plainly look at, at this female – and tell she is not immediate. <laughs> There's no way. Ladies and gentlemen, you can tell by their gestures. There's a whopping big difference between an ed educated, proper woman and one that's plainfully been trained to be a model. You have Led yourself into the dark, and in the dark you will stay. Now, there is some good things going on across the news that I saw this week, things that were released that were encoded. Uh, several Dead Sea Scrolls were deciphered, re revealing a 364-day calendar had been used. Um, and I don't like the simple fact that in the article they gave the Hebrew name there for the kufa but what what irritates me is when you go over to the wikipedia article it's misspelled so you can't find it in the bible i had three emails sent to me well we can't find that word in the bible really well why can't you find it you know and they said well i sent you an email look at the email well you know okay so I sat there and I looked at the Wikipedia article. I'll just start laughing. I'm like, it's right there. No, it's not. I said, yeah, they misspelled it. Yeah, there's, there's, it's got an extra vowel in there. And they're asking me, well, can you talk to somebody and have them change it so that we could, you know, copy that Hebrew word there and find it in the Bible? Really? Really? And why is it you're expecting me to do that for you? Do you know where that's at? Do you know there? Do you know there's anagrams of that word? Do you even know what that is? But anyway, so I pointed those three people in the right direction, and then they got frustrated. Yeah, it does have an extra vowel in there. Why did they purposely misspell it? Because they purposely didn't want you to know. Because it is important. I mean, I'm just thankful that. Well, whoever did the Wikipedia article may have unintentionally got it right, and I'm looking down at the left-hand side of it, and it doesn't have alternate languages for it. And, well, that's a big sign, because if it don't have the alternate link to the Hebrew copy of it, you know immediately that it was just Americans doing it, so it probably wasn't done on purpose. So... 
even with this instance that I'm happy that this article did come out this week. If I was just sitting there uh, listening to some, I don't know, um, I'm pretty sure what those ladies probably did to get through school, um, that's no big secret. I mean, if you are, well, like I said, just watch how they walk and their gestures, how they hold their hands. They've been trained as models. That probably tells you how they got their college education paid for. But anyway, even with this article, if you weren't paying attention and didn't know who the right people to ask to interpret it for you, well, you'd be in the dark. And your Lord and Savior's probably mad at you if you're in the dark because, I mean, he comes right out and tells you you're supposed to be a children of the light. You're not supposed to be, I mean, <laughs> look, <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but I open up the door. There's no way of avoiding it because the wind is going at least 15, if not 20 miles an hour. It's 30 degrees below. <sighs> My fellow employee is sitting right there on the couch. I mean, I can literally reach out and touch him. He's wearing only shorts, and he's literally got the deer-in-the-headlights look. He don't even realize that he just got blasted by cold air because he's just staring at this model that's talking about, uh, you know, the local news. It was obviously he wasn't listening. And he's obviously not a child of the light. And, well, I guess I'm sorry about that. Let's take a break. Uh, this is a very old break. I think this is several years old. I got off one of my flash drives. It is 11 minutes and 24 seconds long. I'm quite certain it'll be good stuff. We'll be right back. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. Glory, yes, man. Blessed be 
We live in a world of unknowing, of secrets, of blindness. But what if you were to find out that the very earth was crumbling beneath your feet, even as we speak? What if I were to tell you that America had deep, dark secrets kept from the public since its inception? What if unexplained phenomena had already been explained thousands of years ago? From a supposed natural disaster to fabled UFOs, it's going to be brought into the light with the one single document that is a testament to the evidence of the future history of this planet. The End Time Tribune brings you the news of the coming apocalypse and casts light into the future darkness. Come and see.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. Brian, why don't you just jump jump straight away into the saddle? Um, oh my gosh, got a feeling I know what you're going to cover, and uh, wow, the difference between what's really going on and what's being presented is just absolutely phenomenal. Brian, you have the mic. Well, I think that is sort of the infamous what is really happening as opposed to what they are telling you, you know, and Matthew and I had I had a bit of a discussion about this last night. I mean, folks, this terminology, fake news, is just a term that they're giving to something that's been in effect since, well, I'd almost say age immemorial. I mean, you want to get a gist of a fake news broadcast, go read the Bison inscription from Darius the Great. If you pay attention in there, you'll chuckle if you realize what's happening, because good portions of that are completely false. So... This is a measure that's been used for a very long time. Um, you know, and in America, when did this start really picking up? Well, we had it through varied phases, but then it really took on a new light when you came into the portion of time uh, after World War II, especially heading into the Cold War, where, you know, they came up with new words for the that word propaganda, like public relations. And this is all about twisting the public into following something that the government wanted to do. You know, a best example would be, let's say, the invasion of Iraq back in 2003, where it is now, at one point in time, it was a conspiracy theory, but now it's known fact that the weapons of mass destruction was all based off of fraudulent data, and it was America and Britain working hand-in-hand with uh, a piece of data that it turns out that the man that they used to support their claims had got it from uh, a movie. Yeah, Sean Connery movie and Nicolas Cage. I can't remember the... It might have been The Rock or something like that, where they had the... uh, Sarin gas there sitting in Alcatraz. That's what they used for their reasoning to invade Iraq. And we see this happening over and over and over again. And this is where you got to continually check, repeatedly check sources for multiple different areas or even go just with the simple watered-down base version of the story that you're going to get out of Reuters because if you start looking at a vast majority of our regular accepted um, American news sources like, say, Washington Times, Washington Post, New York Post, this, that, and the other thing, you're going to see that these have turned into more or less opinion pieces. And that's like when Clinton brought up the fact that he tried to watch the news this way. Forget about it. It's all basically filled with a bunch of knuckleheads coming in and giving their opinion for hours on end that doesn't amount to anything. If you're going to even get news from that, well, you've got to watch the ticker down below. 
that's the only place that you're going to get what's going on news-wise, which is rather ridiculous. But that's the way it's become. People are more concerned with their entertainment than anything else. Now, we've had a lot of disturbing developments taking place just within the United States, and I didn't make mention of this last week. I decided to kind of leave it alone, but it's gotten even more ridiculous as this week has gone on. There's an infamous little trend that has started on Twitter and on a vast majority of the different social networks about release the memo. And it is this document that was written by the Republicans making claims about the intelligence communities, about Obama, about all kinds of um, ridiculous garbage that they claim is the most uh, damning thing to come forward against the Democratic side and against the intelligence communities. But folks, like I said before, okay, an unbiased memo, it's not. It was written by the GOP, by the Republicans. Therefore, it amounts to being what? Being a bunch of nothing. It's completely irrelevant. Making matters worse, on top of it, we had this infamous thing going on where there was two FBI agents. They were having an affair. There were texts being sent back and forth and back and forth. And they were anti-Trump, so the story goes. And supposedly they lost some 50,000 um text messages back and forth between the two, which means, never mind the fact that all they would have been doing to have 50,000 text messages is texting nonstop. And that's kind of what it comes down to. But there was funny little comments that were made in there. For instance, a joke about a secret society against Trump that most of the right-wing news sources went absolutely ape about. And somehow they covered this Non-stop in the news throughout the week, but then when they found out it was a joke, they didn't even come back in and offer a retraction or nothing. They just ignored it and let it go away, or so they think. On top of it, there's probably been about 30 or 40 major news releases in the last week just about the evangelicals and how they have essentially completely lost their way, turned into a bunch of hypocrites, and what they're doing with backing the right-wing administration in the United States, be it backing Trump or whomever else it is they stand behind, everybody is now realizing that they've lost it. See, and this is America for the time being, folks. She would be led to believe and convinced that that's all that's important. We had the shutdown happen. On top of it again, where did the blame go? Well, it was the Democrats. Of course it was the Democrats, but we've forgotten the Republicans control everything. They couldn't even get all the Republicans on board during those budget discussions, which, just like Clinton brought up, well, this is only the deal that went into place as of Monday. It wasn't even instituted until, I believe, Monday night only takes us to the beginning week of February. Sort of pointless. 
So they're going to leave all this hanging over everybody's heads again, and never mind the fact that when the Democrats went to push through to make sure that the American soldiers got funded, the Republicans stepped forward and said, we object. And then they turned around and used that as an excuse, saying, look what these dirty Democrats did by not paying the military. And they kind of hoped you wouldn't see what was caught on film earlier that day. Welcome to America, folks. For those of you that don't live here, you're very lucky indeed. Let's go on with, uh, this is a story that just broke here in uh, the last hour or so that I actually pulled up. Most of this is going to be going in reverse order from the beginning of the week down to newer news, but I kind of found this very important. Assad threatens to launch Scud mail missiles at Israel. This is out of the uh, JewishPress.com. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has threatened to fire a Scud missile at the Jewish state if the Israeli Air Force carries out one more strike on Damascus. The Lebanese newspaper Adair reported Saturday evening that Assad made the threat during a phone conversation with Russia's President Vladimir Putin. Assad said he would launch Scud missiles at Ben-Gurion International Airport if Israel bombed Damascus again, saying Syrian honor must be considered above all else. The Russian president said he would be sure to convey the message to Israel. And another uh, story that just broke here today as well, apparently around 6 p.m. It was released on the 26th and was updated on the 27th. I'm not going to read this article, folks. This is out of the Houston Chronicle. Its title is, With Corruption, Investigations Widening, Oil Companies Face Reckoning. And it's by James Osborne. Look up the article, read it. Now, with what I brought up concerning what was stated here with the threat towards Israel, um, put that in your back pocket and remember it. There's disturbing developments coming out. Uh, concerning moves that uh, Israel is making further up into the de-escalation zone to keep Iran back from their borders. So that's something that's building up as well. And while I have this pulled up here, um, of course a lot of things were mentioned about the economy, things that are happening in America, so on and so forth, and there's an author out there, um, one of his most recent books is 500 Days, Secret and Lies in the Terror Wars by Kurt Eichenwald. This week he was making a lot of mention about things on the social network concerning the infrastructure in America and how it is that basically the entire nation is falling apart while the United States is off waging wars all over the world. And to be quite honest, he's completely correct. Now, multiple people came in that live in different places throughout the world and, you know, some that have traveled all over and just were completely dumbfounded when they would come into America and they couldn't understand why the entire nation was so thoroughly behind everybody else. Like, you know those big uh, telephone lines that we have stringing through the streets with all the power poles and all that garbage? They don't have that in these other nations. Um 
Our road infrastructures, for instance, are falling apart. Our bridges are falling apart. We can continue for days here. And, you know, we have these complaints about jobs in America, and people don't seem to realize that if they started fixing the infrastructure in this nation, jobs would come out of the woodwork. But they just let everything fall apart. Now, this is a big one for anybody that's been paying attention to it. Tens of thousands join Greek protest over Macedonian name row. And this has been all over the news this week, at least if you know where to look. And this was earlier in the week when this story came out. There's been a whole lot more taking place concerning this on top of it. Vito went into place in Macedonia where they were trying to make Albanian an official language in Macedonia, and the president actually came forward and said, nope, ain't going to happen. So this is another very major thing to keep an eye on, folks. The Macedonian name row. Now, let's, let's um, look at this from a biblical perspective. It, I, I find it ironic that um, the Greeks are, well, in the Greek they're referred to as the Hellenes, in the Hebrew, translated to the English, they're Eliphaz. Whereas Macedonia was never the Hellenes, Eliphaz. You can refer to it as Ionia, and you can continue to go, so on and so forth. But Macedonians and Greeks were never one and the same. And yet, here we have this big argument happening in broad daylight, and people can't put two and two together on this one. Okay, back on to the Palestinian issue. Abbas wins EU backing for Palestinian capital in East Jerusalem. The European Union's foreign policy chief assured President Mohammed Abbas at a meeting in Brussels on Monday that the EU support did his ambition to have East Jerusalem as the capital of the Palestinian state. Now, there was some stuff that was brought up earlier concerning the Gaza Strip, concerning Abbas. Well, I got to point out that, folks, it wasn't until the last couple of months with the Egyptian um, talks that were going on with the Palestinians that Abbas actually became head over Gaza Strip. This was just a recent development. Before this, you basically had Hamas was controlling everything that was going on there on top of a couple of other organizations that you will see um, brought up from time to time, especially in the recent outbreaks of protests since uh, Trump's announcement within the Gaza Strip. They've been the ones behind launching the rockets out of there, which was not Hamas, but this other organization. And as well, I wanted to bring up this topic on the funding that's been cut from the United States concerning Palestine. Folks, another thing you need to realize is one of the first things that was singled out and was all over the news is that they were cutting the funding for Palestinian refugees. Folks, do you realize that a lot of the refugees are not in Israel? There's a vast majority of them in Lebanon. We've got great big pockets of them in South America and spread all over the world. Why in the world did they target the Palestinians? 
Palestinian refugees first with the funding. Does this make any sense? No. Okay, this is a big one, and this is actually some stuff that Clinton's more uh, capable of covering than I am, but this is all over the news this week, basically concerning what's going on with the new tax resolutions that went through with the budget, with all of the natural disasters that happened here in the United States, um, so much for everybody running around after the election and saying that we got um, four years or eight years of grace because Trump got voted in. I guess they didn't get the memo on all the natural disasters as they run around saying that still. I, I couldn't pass that moment up, sorry. Because why? Well, between all those natural disasters, the new tax bills, and what they're doing with the budget, it is skyrocketing the national debt to levels that are unprecedented. And what they're going to do is they turn around, they dump that into bonds where they sell off the debt. And there's multiple different experts in the field that are saying that this is going to cause so many problems with the financial area that it's absolutely ridiculous. And maybe it's best that I take a break here for a moment and get Clinton's take on this because this is something he's far better capable of explaining than I am. Yeah, what, uh, um, can you clarify kind of what you just said? Well, it's um, basically the dumping of these, um, with the national debt skyrocketing now because of, uh, you know, for instance, natural disasters, what they just did with the tax bill, and even current things going on with the budget in the United States, they're taking all of the you know, they basically sell off the debt in these – it's an insurance policy with these bonds. Yeah, it's and basically a way – Go ahead. It's a way to transfer, transfer over the risk to the general public or to the corporations that buy the stuff. So, so I mean, they can issue bonds to try to purchase whatever they want to. Um, but that just means that the general public and the people that buy these bonds are going to assume the risk. And what we talked about earlier is what's going to happen probably in this next week, according to J.P. Morgan Chase and Credit Suisse, is that these pension funds and the city and government um, investments are going to transfer from the stock market to these bonds. So basically you have the state and and, uh, um, city governments that are going to be assuming the risk for the increased printing of the money that they're going to do to try to pay for all the stuff that is thrown in the budget. Well, and the big thing that I've noticed, like I said, there's like three different major articles on this, is they stated that this was leading nowhere good, that this was going to lead towards um, catastrophic economic repercussions um, coming here even in the near future. So if you wanted to add anything out of that or not. Well, think of it this way. If the state and the city uh, governments are going to assume the risk, if hyperinflation takes off and the value of the dollar continues going down, which it will, if you're going to print more money, put more money into circulation, there's more money out there, which means the value of it goes down. That risk is going on to the state and the cities. We already know that, for instance, Hartford, Connecticut is about ready to go under. We know that we've had Detroit that did file for bankruptcy, and we have numerous states, including 
one of the largest economies in the world, which is California, that are already in issues of possibly going bankrupt. So if they transfer the risk to the state and the local governments to buy these bonds and the pension funds, all these people's retirements, to buy these bonds, and then hyperinflation takes off, they don't make what they need to, and then they assume all the risk for basically the infrastructure payout. Which is definitely leading nowhere good once again. So I can well, see why. Go ahead. Well, it just bothers me that Clinton said that it is the general rule that these investors have decided to next week uh, cumulatively dump the stocks. Is is that correct, Clinton? Well, it's based off of ratios. So, so basically what they're saying is the value of their investments with their stocks have gone up so much that their ratio for how much of a safe investment, which typically bonds are a safe investment and stocks are risky, they, they have made so much on the risky part, they want to transfer their money from the risky stuff to the safe stuff is what they are planning on doing, which means they're going to sell off their stocks to buy bonds, which is going to bring the bond market up, which is good for, well, if you plan on selling bonds <laughs> to pay for infrastructure, it's good for that because you're going to make more money on that, but then it brings the stock market down to do so. So you may very well be talking about a community event, much like what happened with this cryptocurrency uh, catastrophically diving. If, if they uh, do why don't that... You just, why don't you now, – now, wait a minute. Why don't you describe exactly what happened with that? Because you you and I talked about that privately, and you explained it to me that this wasn't just the little bitty investors, um, you know, the, the normal guys investing in Bitcoin that, that did that. So why don't you explain what happened to the Bitcoin the other day or a few weeks ago, I guess? Well, you have to, you have to realize that Bitcoin is such a small market. So it doesn't take a lot of money to influence it. And what they've come out and they said is that when Bitcoin was worth $100 a coin, all the way up to when Bitcoin is worth $1,000 a coin, that move, you know, that 10 times move was because of one investor. One person put in enough money into Bitcoin to raise it that much. Well, that done over numerous periods of time all the way to get it up to 20000 a coin and then those same investors sold. And we're talking about the majority of the people that own Bitcoin, maybe as, maybe as little as 1,000 people own the majority of it. So if they decide to sell at the same time, it goes down and brings it down. And then the regular people that feel like they missed out, that they didn't get into the market, they then buy it to bring it up a little bit, but then they're left holding the bag. We know that there was a massive theft. I think it was like $460 billion or million dollars that just came out of Japan today. You know, they just announced this and the Japanese government said, expect more Bitcoin theft, more, more cryptocurrency theft. And this is happening all over the place. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to show that the cryptocurrencies are incredibly volatile and they're not safe because they can be hacked and stolen. Also with the Bitcoins is if you lose your, your pin, you can't get into your money, so 
you lose it. You could be a, a millionaire and, and you can't touch it. So, so we are starting to see that and, and see how it's unfolding to cause this, this instability. And part of the instability is to, to show, hey, this is not a good investment tool. This is just a, a strategy, a commodity. It's not a currency. It's not anything like that. It's too volatile. Jump into which currencies the governments are backing. And we know that, for instance, uh, the, the silver mine in Australia, Perth, their gold, their gold and silver, they are going to make a cryptocurrency backed by gold. We know that Venezuela made a cryptocurrency backed by oil. And we've talked about in previous broadcasts where Israel's talking about making a cryptocurrency backed by diamonds. So you can see how every commodity is being backed by these cryptocurrencies. And the ones that are not backed by anything, do you really think someone's going to buy a Bitcoin that's backed by nothing when they can buy a cryptocurrency backed by the Perth Mint in Australia that's backed by gold? Which one do you think they're going to buy? Well, it just concerns me that you're saying there was a group that did this that, you know, may have been as few as a thousand people that caused this crash. And obviously these people got together and did this communitively. They all decided to pull out at once. And you're saying that this same type of person, uh, they've planned to do that this week on the stock market. That doesn't bother anybody? Uh, I mean, Clinton, that kind of bothers me. Does that not bother you? Well, not necessarily because that's how the game is played. That is how you are taught to play the game. Um, If you understand that the stock market is gambling, that it's a game, that cryptocurrencies are gambling, it's a game. You know, trading commodities is gambling, it's a game. If you understand the game, then you know that that's just how it's done. Well, let me ask you something. Um, you know, what makes currency so safe is it's so very hard to counterfeit. Um, most notably, the real secret, most people don't know this, the most highly guarded aspect of our currency is the paper. Um, and I would know because I've I've been involved with the transport thereof. So many people don't realize it's not really being able to counterfeit the money itself. It's getting the paper, that that special paper. But, I mean, I've had pretty in-depth private conversations with Brian, and he's enlightened me on what is capable now. And uh, it's not even remotely safe to have anything just digital. It, it it can, it will be hacked. Um, I mean, if you can just uh, – let's just imagine what's going on in – I don't know. Let's just say North Korea right now. Because it's communist, uh, they've taken and given their young people uh, probably first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. They probably give them all an IQ test annually, and the ones that show aptitude – they're, of course, taken from their parents, no doubt, and they're probably uh, trained to be hackers uh, for life. So these kids probably, by the time they're teenagers, uh, are probably the best hackers in the world. Of course, they don't even get a paycheck, ladies and gentlemen. This is 
This is communism, duh. Uh, so we're probably looking at 15, 16-year-olds, uh, probably a cadre of them with the capability to even hack in-flight intercontinental ballistic missiles. I mean, well, ladies and gentlemen, they don't even know what a video game is. And if you think that China hasn't done the same thing, well, you're kind of – well, we already discussed it, didn't we? You're in the dark. But Brian has described scary things to me that can be done. And if people don't realize that – well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you do know what the Lord your God can do with one bolt of lightning, right? Just one? Um I mean, just just one burp from the sun, and uh, I don't, I don't know if if you don't have the wherewithal to know that you only have that which you can see and touch. I don't know how to help you. But if you're on Wall Street or the bond market, um, and something happens, God just does a flick of the switch. You will starve. You do know that, right? I mean, surely we have all listened to the message that the Son of the Living God gave us about the shrewd manager. He got busted, so, uh, you know, um, he come in and gave a bunch of stuff away and made a bunch of friends so he would have something on the other side. That's probably what y'all should be doing. I mean, you should be actively investing in farmland, I would think, or any type of wooded area with a stream through it, because uh, – I don't know. If you can't go to your public library and look up in what happened in 1929, I don't I don't know how to help you. You don't have anything if it's on Wall Street. Get up from your chair or your lazy boy right now and go get what you have on Wall Street. Go get it. Is it in your bedroom closet? No. Then you don't have it. I don't understand why people don't get that. And Clinton just said what just happened. You don't realize that this 1% that did this to the Bitcoin value, you don't realize that they had a meeting before they did it? You think all these – ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about that much money… Who do you think they go to dinner with? Oh, I've rattled your cage now, haven't I? Who do they go to lunch with? Who do they have luncheons with? Okay, let's let's look at it this way. Who are cops friends with? Everybody knows this. Right? 
So this group that just did this to Bitcoin, uh, if you think they're not all planning on a single day to make this happen, you're a little bit too naive to be an, an adult is what you are. I mean, I would just would just naturally assume that. But well, this is just sounding off alarms to me because Clinton has said too much over the past three months. I mean, he described the plan to get all this money back into the United States where you don't have to pay taxes on it. So there's a bunch of money dumped into our borders, and he just just he just keeps describing things that are not they can't be good not for anybody that's within the borders of the United States. And the days of the penny auctions are over. You don't know what that is, do you? Well, let me explain it to you. During the Great Depression, the banksters would show up and auction off a person's farm, and their neighbors would get together and come to the auction, and of course they'd only bet – or they would only bid a penny on it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the banksters hated it. They was like, well, we can't do that no more because their neighbors that had one penny would buy it back for them. Those days are gone, ladies and gentlemen. The person who lives right next door to you, they don't give a flying rip about you. You better figure that out real quick. Real quick. <laughs> that ain't going to happen again. Clinton, your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that's just... You can see that all through society it is those that have made it to the top and all the lifelines, all the things that they used to get to the top. Once they got up there, they cut them so that, you know, it makes it very difficult for the rest of us. You, you take in consideration community where one neighbor would help another neighbor if their land was being lost. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's not going to happen now because everyone is selfish. Everyone wants that land for themselves, everyone. And you can see it just the, the practice of the, the liens, the tax liens on property. You know, I, I remember hearing this concept, and it just blew my mind, where you can pay the taxes on a property, and after a couple of years, if they don't pay the taxes, then you can take the property from people and then have them move out of their own house. And this is taught to people as a good investment strategy of a, of a way to get property. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that as an investment strategy, but how unethical is it to take someone's house from them because they didn't pay their taxes just because you can? Well, that's, that's Antichrist. That's the spirit of Antichrist. That's what would do that. That's exactly the opposite of what the Holy Spirit directs us to do. Brian, am I wrong about that, or maybe that's left field for me? But I'm pretty sure what Clinton just described is absolutely antichrist, or am I wrong, Brian? How, how many years have we warned about that for? 
seven years. Brian, why don't you speak? Um, why don't you speak to this rise in demonic activity? What What's your thoughts on that? My, you mean the fact that it just finally hit the news? Uh, it's It's been going on for a while, folks. But making matters worse, I mean, it had come to my uh, home state and into the main city, capital city here, folks, and start going to the churches because guess what? Demonic activity takes a front row seat. You see, these people think that that's what's supposed to happen with Christians, or as we referred to it in times past, a man of festival, and not the infamous uh, show manifest, no, a mana festival where everybody gets together and they manifest their demonic entities. So to me, this has been going on for a long time, making matters worse for anybody that my wife has a fascination with a lot of these different, um, uh, what do you call it, reports on these shows about ghost activity within houses. And they try to get help from the church, and the church says, go away. And then they end up having to get the help of, like, New Agers and occultists and witches and very different people in other fields to help them with their problem because the church refuses to do anything about it. Um, You know, and on top of it, the Catholic Church exorcism got kind of swept under the rug quite some time back, so of course they're short on anybody helping with this, but as far as a rise in demonic activity, it's been going on for a long time, it's just only now hitting the public news, and it's it's going to increase, it's going to get worse. It's going to escalate. You know, Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, that's something we don't talk a whole lot about. Brian, uh, supernatural things. We try to stay away from that. We try to stick with just covering news. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you this. Um. Yeah, maybe I better hold my tongue. Um, there are those out there that have eyes that, that, that can see. And they're pretty tight-lipped. They don't advertise it. They don't broadcast it. And you can always tell the fake ones. Um... Boy, they stand out like a sore thumb. Uh, But you all need to be aware that uh, you might see it. You need to keep your eye on people. You need to be aware that... uh, well, this generation got problems, so you might want to keep your eye open. You know how most women, when they go grocery shopping, they're in a daze. 
They have no idea who's in the aisle with them because they're scanning. They're looking at their food list. They're, you need to stop that or you need to start taking somebody with you to just watch the aisles and watch with people. No, really. Um, that's probably all I should talk about. That You know what? Let's, let's ask Clinton. Clinton, have you ever seen any supernatural activity in your life? Yeah, but not anything I'm comfortable talking about on the radio. I see. Did you know how to deal with it? At the time, no. And at the time, I I realized how truly weak I was, but in the same token, how strong I was in ways that I never thought I was. Hey, man. Hey, man. Clinton, I know the difference between the Holy Spirit and the spirit of Antichrist. So I am perfectly comfortable saying that, yeah, I believe every word to come out of your mouth, whether you knew what was going on or not. I am quite sure that at the time you were given the strength that you were needed. Matter of fact, there was a time when, well, that was kind of expected by Christians. They, they just knew that. You know, you know, Clinton, did you know you're an heir to the throne of God? Did you know that through his son, Jesus Christ? Did, did you know that? I do, yes. It's amazing how many Christians don't know that, Clinton. I mean, they're actually afraid. They're actually afraid and... Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a Christian, you've got no business being afraid of anything. You've you got no business being afraid of anything. I mean, you are going to live forever. That's a fact. You know, let me ask for closing comments. Brian, do you have any closing comments? We're down to the last 15 minutes here, I guess. Well, to be honest, I had a whole string of stuff, but, you know, uh, not to jump off the specific topic we're on at the moment, folks, I hate to be the bare bad news, but if you want to keep your eyes out for demonic activity, here's a news flash. Keep an eye on the current administration do you not realize that a mass majority of the folks that are all about the signs and wonders who have been in excruciatingly well-documented cases of how they cause demonic infestations to completely take off throughout the entire world have been laying hands on our commander-in-chief, on our vice president, and on several other people within the administration? You don't realize what that does. Did you think those Twitter rants were coming out of nowhere? Or is there maybe a lot more going on than meets the eye? Oh, you better put your um, 
pull your calculator out and add two and two because it's in broad daylight, folks. It really is. Now, to go back on where we kind of left off previous to that aspect, the financial end of things. Now, I didn't really plan for things to go in that direction, but I think it's important it does. As I mentioned in, it might have been a couple weeks back, well, folks, within the timeline that I've got set up in front of me, the first two riders happened to go out on a very specific set of dates that you had in your face complete confirmation that you could not escape happen. What are we looking for next? That would be the third rider. We're moving up on that approaching date here within the next couple of months. That's why I had to stop and go into that so much in depth. Now, I've warned time and time again to watch out for a coming oil shock. I had to double-check it again to see where it ended up near the end of the week because suddenly it just disappeared in the news cycle, but it's still out there. Oil prices end the week higher with U.S. benchmark above $66. Report that came out on Wednesday of this week, oil prices mixed but still holding near $70 per barrel. And they are stating that between basically the OPEC cuts that have been going on, this is going to continue to rise because on top of it, with America getting hit by the natural disasters, it's causing problems with the oil there. We're not producing near as much as we were before. Obviously, we have problems in Venezuela. Um, I've got up a few different things here concerning Libya. They've been having all sorts of problems again over there in Benghazi and in Libya. Um, fighting going on, bombings happening, and not to even mention the fact that Gaddafi's son has come out of the blue when he had arrest warrants out for him in times past. We have a major election coming up here in Egypt with al-Sisi. But all of the prominent candidates that are going to run against him keep getting pushed out of the race. Oh, yeah, something fishy's happening in Egypt, folks. And oil shock, how does that come about usually? Economically speaking, let's go back and look at some things concerning what happened as Britain's imperialism, just like America's imperialism, which is banned, by the way. You can't use that terminology with America. How that caused their economic collapses that led to World War I, because, yes, they went hand-in-hand hand with one another. Same thing we have happening now on the other side of the pond. We have America moving towards collapse in many sectors, and what are they doing instead? Well, the war on terror doesn't matter anymore. It's now a war for, um, well, economic power is really the best way to sum up how they're putting it with this new NATO release concerning Russia and China becoming the preeminent powers. You know, we have an article here. Strategic Culture Foundation, Black Sea Antics by the U.S.-NATO Military Alliance. I'm just going to give headlines here quick, folks. Let's see. I already talked about that. Talked about that. NATO confirms solidarity with Turkey. Well, isn't that interesting? As they're going on to attack the Kurds, 
And America is also backing them, as Clinton brought up, and they claim they're no longer going to arm the uh, Kurdish people there in Syria, which is, I think they've said that now going on five, six times in the last um, year alone. Article I brought up earlier, this is one in the intercept.com. Israel's safe zone is creeping farther into Syria, into the Golan Heights. Everybody go out, look this article up, read it. Uh, I covered this. Trump evangelicals have lost their gag reflex. Netanyahu to tell Europeans clock taking to fix Iran nuclear deal. Like I said before, twin car bomb kills more than 30 in Libya's Benghazi official state. 95 people were killed yesterday in Kabul as well in Afghanistan, folks. Okay, U.S. stresses Lebanon must cut Hezbollah from financial system. It's a little bit tricky. Half the government inside of Lebanon is made up of the Hezbollah. So how are they going to pull this off, folks? That's going to be a little rough. At UN, Russia proposes new inquiry into chemical attacks in Syria. Why? Because Tillerson blamed them, blamed Russia for responsibility behind the chemical attacks that happened previously, even though we have evidence on the ground that the weapons that were found were of British and American origin. Have we forgotten about those reports that came out about three months ago at the most? But of course, Russia's getting blamed for it now. So, of course, they retaliated and said, we need a new inquiry. And they better hope that's not all the retaliation is. Strikes kill 150 Islamic State militants in Syria. But, folks, they've announced how many times that Islamic State's been taken care of in Syria. Wow. Um, I guess they used the Bison inscription for their propaganda in the United States. We smote them, and they were gone. And then five minutes later, he had to smite them again. Sounds familiar. We have out of Consortium News an article entitled A National Defense Strategy of Sowing Global Chaos by Nicholas J.S. Davies. Look this article up and read it. Trump weapons fuel new war in Ukraine. Kiev government emboldened by U.S. support. They gave them anti-tank missiles and a whole bunch of other things, folks. And everybody has been warning this is going to lead to tensions flaring even more so in Donetsk in the Ukraine, and sure enough, in the Donbass region of East Ukraine, etc. So this is going nowhere good, but we've known that was coming. Diplomatic scandal as Turkish official sources rebuke distorted White House readout. Erdogan and Trump had a phone call this week concerning what was happening in the Syria's Syrian invasion from Turkey, and it turns out, according to Erdogan, what the White House is saying is not how the call went. Let's see. On eve of Trump trip, EU leaders warn against nationalism. And that's actually all over the news this week in multiple layers about nationalism. Like I brought up Egypt, presidential hopeful Khalid Ali withdraws from race. That's two in one week, folks. Two caches of arms and explosives found in Iran, says Intelligence Ministry. Well, guess what? Today, Islamic State attacked near Tehran, folks. On Mideast, 
Visit U.S. House Speaker vows to confront Iran. Folks, Paul Ryan is in the Middle East. Tillerson is out in the European nations. Pence has been in the Middle East as well. A lot of that stuff going on this week. International volunteers head to Syria's Afrin to fight fascist Turkey. This is an article that came out of the Jerusalem Post, and it's basically detailing a vast influx of mercenaries from all over the world showing up to fight against Turkey in Syria. A bunch of French people, uh, Italian, all kinds of things. And this is actually a trend that's been going on for a long time. I've watched several documentaries that have had uh, mercenaries coming in from multiple nations on a continual basis while it's happening in Syria again. Pressing Syria offensive, Turkey urges U.S. pullback. And basically what happened is Turkey went into Manbij uh, today, where the United States has personnel in that area. Okay, like I stated before, death toll in Kabul, car bombing attack rises to 95. Big article out of a website most of you probably have never heard of called Zarism.com. They contacted me on Twitter and asked me to follow them, and it was actually, I'm glad they did, because they've got some really good articles. But this one is, the Balkans, the land of endless disputes. We told everybody to watch for a flash keg to happen there. That's how World War I started. Well, there's a lot of articles coming out warning that that's going to happen. To touch this quickly, I've stated this before, and I've seen people saying it all throughout the week. They're trying to go back to the infamous Russia is Gog and Magog garbage. Folks, pull up the globe, look at where the river Euphrates is, get back to me. The land of Magog is in Hungary. It's from the people, the Magar, who lived in that region, went into the steppes, and came back to their original homeland. The people in Russia, mostly the Slavic people of that region, the eastern Slavs, they are Rifat. They live by the Rithian Mountains. I went through extensive work to prove that. To no end. When you're looking at the War of Gog and Magog in the future, they're going to be coming from the Balkans, basically Eastern Europe, into Western Europe, Gomer, Germany, Britain. America has people from Gomer as well, obviously. And we can keep going, plus we have the other spots with, obviously, Persia, the Don, so on and so forth. But nonetheless, a vast majority of those regions which includes some of the people living in Turkey or Togmarah. Not everybody in Turkey is ethnically Turkish. And to understand that, you've got to go back to the Ottoman Empire and you'll be able to put two and two together as to why. China and India are war clothes gathering over the Doklam again this week in Asia. What's going on there? Well, we spoke about the fact that there was... Chinese gathering in this spot near India, and people and the troops in India were up there right on the border. They got into a fist fight, but that's all that happened. But the Chinese haven't left, and people are keeping an eye on this situation. Tillerson says, Washington, Europe, start work on Iran nuclear deal. We brought this up before in a different article. Czech just reelected their right wing on the same right wing president. We don't need to cover that. Revolutionary Guards, Islamic State, fighters clash in West Iran. 
We talked about that. And Saakashvili announces impeachment March for February 4th. He's back at it again. This boy just never goes away. But that's my piece for what I've got to say, folks. You can find me at Over at Attention Show on Twitter, over at attentionshow.com. And if you want to contact me at thebandsoftime at gmail.com. Hand it back over to you guys for the last few minutes here. All right, Clinton, your closing comments, please. Yeah, the last little bit, uh, if you guys have not looked into Amazon Go, it uh, is a store that opened up in Seattle. Um, Just to give you an idea, you walk in, you scan your cell phone, you pick up your items, and you walk out, and it charges your account for everything. There is no cashier. There is nothing. All it does is scan you, and that's how you pay. So, just look into it. It's real. It's there. Um, if you guys want to follow me, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle is uh, at Clinton Co-Watch, or you can go to my website, uh, ClintonCoWatch.com. Uh, thank you for your support, and may God guide you on your journey. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you need to get a hold of me or in contact with me, the Holy Spirit will point you in the right direction. That's a fact. That's all that needs to be said. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Godspeed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.